welcome back it's your boy monty g in the building for another edition of the mind of monty podcast uh i got this uzi instrumental playing in the background shout out to uh, whoever put this on youtube let's see cobra i want to give everybody a shout out especially while i'm doing this alone today this is a solo mind of monty podcast this is truly the mind of monty today uh if if you don't really think it is on, on a normal occasion if the name is misleading for you when you hear uh tc on the intro usually now you just hear monty anyway uh besides that welcome back uh a couple a couple of things happened and i'm just gonna do a couple, little brief some, some brief announcements you know uh so uh tc as you hear is not on this episode but that's only because of time constraints and also uh you know she has a test uh you know uh i'm shooting this at night but you guys will be hearing this probably when she's taking the test uh so anyway uh if you haven't noticed you know grad school and medical school for her you know these things happen you know it's just you you try to make plans you try to plan for uh you know, you know, like for example, we moved the podcast instead of like on Tuesday, we try to do Monday night Raws on you know and, and SmackDown reviews for Wednesday, and even that's way late, especially for SmackDown. But you know, uh, I I just assume that you know that is fine because you know a lot of the things that we talk about, especially on SmackDown, you know, by the time we talk about them anyway. With the current schedule, unless I start doing something on Friday night, and I haven't really thought about that. And I don't know, maybe when the YouTube channel gets going, and I'm not BSing you guys about me, uh, you know, starting to record our podcast and give out more content on YouTube. Uh, like I said, things happened this week that that was not foreseen, so that is why uh, you guys are not seeing me on this episode, like I had said on the last episode. So I apologize. I will. Uh, go ahead and get that out the way right now. You know, I'm pretty sure that's the elephant in the room by the time you listen to this, uh, especially if you've been keeping up with the show. But that's not uh, a big deal, really, at the moment. I want to get into NXT TakeOver 31. Now, uh, I, if you haven't heard by now, I have done, I did my first, uh, we did our first collab, uh, you know, as the Mind of Monty podcast and being, me being who I am. And it was nice to f- be on the podcast I was on with, uh, you know, and I, and I hold on, let me get this right because I don't want to say I don't want to say the wrong thing, and uh, the WNR podcast. So, uh, you know, so I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I really uh, let me make let me get the name right again so I can know who I need to think off the top of my head. Because see, this is this is the problem. I don't want, and maybe I am, maybe I suck. Okay, Rolling Rants is what I was looking for. For some reason, I couldn't find it. So I'm sorry, Rolling. Uh, thank you again for having me on the show. It was fun. It was a hell of a, a good time, and I, I was it was great. So if you haven't heard that, you know, go to the Mind Monty Pod uh, Twitter account uh, at Mind Monty Pod and uh, check out. You know, I repeated, uh, I retweeted, you know, the link a couple of times. Sorry, I said repeat it. But anyway, uh, I retweeted the link uh, of, of the show. I've retweeted a lot, tweeted out a lot since then. So you may have to dig through some things. But, uh, you know, it was just so good to be on that, uh, in, in that situation. And finally, uh, you know, just get your feet wet. You know, I, I, I wanted to do a collab for a while. 
And it was just good to, uh, you know, get out there and try. I haven't had time. I still have my eyes on other collabs. So if you guys want to collab or anything, anybody who wants to collab in this rest, in the wrestling community, uh, hit up the DMs on Twitter. You never know what could happen. Uh, scheduling conflicts has gotten in the way of a couple of things that I, uh, I would like to do. And, you know, that's just the nature of what's going on, especially uh, while being, uh, you know, in grad school. But, uh, again, I will admit that, you know, these things, you know, this is not going to happen all the time. And these things can change. They always can change. That's the beauty or the, you know, the beauty of my situation of me owning my equipment, me owning this platform and all of that, you know, I could do whatever I want. You know, that's the beauty of it. You know, that's why uh, I really like doing this. I really like getting my my opinions out there and uh, venting. But anyway, enough rambling, enough. I've wasted five minutes of your time without speaking about wrestling. So uh, the Damian Priest and Johnny Gargano match, again, uh, I don't want to go too deep into each match and rehash some of the things that I've already said. I really love that finish and the reversal of doing the reckoning in the ropes that Damian Priest pulled off. The match, I really didn't know how they would live up to it. You know, who would follow this match? I kind of figured they would put the match that they did put it right after, which was Kushida and Velveteen Dream. Uh, I knew it would be a tough match to follow, but I must admit, I really enjoyed. Now, it wasn't as good as the, the leadoff match, but I really enjoyed Kushida's match with Velveteen Dream. He is really going after, uh, he's really, really aggressive, and I will get to that in the NXT portion of this review of just how aggressive and how different Kushida is now, and I and I see that he's winning, pe winning, winning uh, people over. If they weren't, I don't know too many people who are just sour on him. But if you didn't understand Kushida at first when he first appeared in NXT, I believe you it's easy to like this version of Kushida, uh, Shida, especially uh, with that hoverboard lock and how relentless he is, uh, you know, pursuing the arm, and then especially when he's fighting someone who's easy to hate at the moment, like Velveteen Dream, he's easy. Uh, you know, uh, as a matter of fact, before I know this is not a part of it, but as I get into the NXT review, Velveteen Dream even ruined another situation for me. Like, I mean, there was a match between uh, Kushida and Tommaso Ciampa, and it was going really, really well. I was enjoying it, and then guess what happened? Here comes Velveteen Dream. Uh, and I just kind of knew it was going to happen, but I'll get, I'll, uh, I won't get into more of that. I think I'm pretty much going to say everything I will say about this segment. We'll see when I get there. But at the end of the day, uh, especially in the negative situation that is having Velveteen Dream all over your TV screen, even though knowing what he's been accused of, knowing everything we know, and, uh, and still having to deal, or still having to, I'm going to say deal with them, but still having to see him in that capacity, I, I understand why some people, you know, it's against it completely. But I have to admit, WWE, since he's came back, has been smart enough to at least make him get his ass whooped a lot. So, you know. You can, you know, kind of release a little bit of catharsis, I guess. You know, but I also understand if you don't want to watch him at all. I get it. I really do. But anyway, Santos Escobar uh, versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. And, oh, my God, this match went, you know, it went right back up to that level that the first match was in. It was just, like I said, this entire show, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, the entire show was great. And after, like I said, I didn't know who was going to follow Gargano and Priest. Well, then Eskimo, I mean, Esk Eskimo. Oh, Lord, that is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, but uh, Escobar, you know, and Swerve went out there, and they really, 
really uh, put on, uh, other than like maybe two spots where it was like a, a bad looking frog splash. And uh, I think, uh, you know, the ring post or whatever uh, spot towards the end looked kind of weird if I remember right. But even even though that finisher, by the way, was uh, was really, really nice. And it was top notch. Uh, that Hurricane Rana when Mendoza and the crew was outside the rope and where it looked like Isaiah Swerve Scott could have uh, decapitated himself <laughs> on the apron. Like, that's how it looked, you know, but he pulled it off and it was just beautiful. And like I said, the match was just so well done. And it was, you know, he, he exactly. And I think uh, CBS pointed out that the action was top notch and Escobar won without cheating. And uh, which is always nice for a heel. It's great. It's great to not always, you know, win in the same formulaic way of, you know, num well, you know, outnumbering your opponent or whatever the the heelish tactic is that they choose for the week. You know, sometimes sometimes the heel need that that clean victory, just like uh, you know, the baby faces get. Uh, on to the next match, which is also a fast and fierce and classic match. Uh, you know, I was, I, you know, I may be overstepping on classic, but it was really, really good. I really liked it. You know, I really loved how, uh, you know, Io Shirai overcame the dastardly but kind of funny to me uh, antics by Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. Johnny Gargano, uh, I, I almost thought they were going to pull another Bailey situation like we were, we saw earlier this year. They got uh, Oscar's belt taken away from her. Uh, I thought they were going to do that with Gargano. It was going to be a, a screw job. But Io survives, and, uh, you know, it was just – that that final part of that match, man, was really, really great. They really, like, you can tell these two girls, two women, have really, they have experience wrestling with each other. You can just tell they, they're, and they're, they're two of the best in the world. You see it, and she overcame. Io Shirai, overcoming is, that's the babyface story that you need to tell with a character like Io Shirai. She's just so cool, man. The coolest of the coolest. I love Io Shirai, it, you know, uh, so... Uh, after the match, you know, we uh, got announcements, you know, the return of uh, Tony Storm and also the return of Ember Moon. So uh, immediately excited. I was definitely bummed out that it wasn't my guy, Bo Dallas. But, you know, you get over that real quick when there's someone like Ember Moon, who's just one of the best in the ring. And uh, she's coming back from Achilles tear. And, uh, you know, I just wish her the best. Uh, that's a tough injury to uh, to deal with. It's tough for anyone to have to deal with that. So uh, the fact that she's back, and uh, it's been like 14 months, I think, it's just great to see her. It's great to see Tony Storm back uh, in, in NXT. We, it's been a while. You know, uh, the quarantine kind of, you know, took her away from us. And, I, you know, NXT UK, uh, I think she's pretty much done everything you can do there or anything, everything they, they want her to do anyway. Uh, there in uh, in uh, NXT UK, so it's only right that she moves over to NXT, and th that division is only getting stronger. You know, it's just so great. Also, during the pay per view, they announced Halloween Havoc with Shotzi Blackheart is the, as the host. Absolutely love it. Great. Give it a little longer. Gotta give it a little longer pop. Uh, it's an absolutely great thing to do that. You know, uh, to give that spot to her, she fits it perfectly. It's just, it's all, I mean, come on now. Shotzi Blackheart, the the howl or whatever you want to call her, you know, like nature call, I guess you want to say. And, uh, you know, it's, that fits the Halloween season perfectly. Her look, everything about it, it just, it just fits perfectly. So it's great to have her in that position. And last but not least, the match of the night, possible match of the year. They beat the hell out of each other. Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor. Oh, man, round of applause for those guys. They deserve it. 
it was it was absolutely unbelievable what they were able to do uh, in that in that match, uh, you know, and how compelling they were able to make it. And then they they touched on every aspect: submission wrestling, striking, uh, you know, regular wrestling. It was just beautiful to see. Uh, you know, I, 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 what has not been said about this match so far? I, I don't know. It's just, it's been great. It's, just, it's, I love what I've seen people say about it, and it definitely deserves to be put in that, uh, that echelon of like the ladder match we saw a few weeks back. Uh, Jay Uso and Roman Reigns. Uh, you know, some of the AEW classic matches from this year. Uh, you know, it's just, it's been so many great matches this year. I don't know what you would say is the best. But this is pretty damn close. It was great. Finn Balor broke his jaw in two places in this match. Uh, it, was, it was blood. It was it was just great. It was just great. It was physical. I recommend it. Seek out Kyle Ryder and Finn Balor. If, if there's anything you listen to me say on this show, seek that match out. So, moving on, we're going to do my nice transition sound. We all know about. Uh, we're going to get out of NXT TakeOver mode. And then we're going to head... Uh, backwards in time now, because I, I probably should have started with SmackDown if we go off by aging, but uh, I didn't. But we're going to touch on the high points of the main roster show since I did not do a, a SmackDown and Raw review. So, Jey Uso and Roman Reigns will be fighting in a Hell in a Cell, at Hell in a Cell, of course. Uh, and I also want to add, give a shout-out to Jey Uso. He beat AJ Styles. I don't know how much of a big deal Michael Cole and them actually got a chance to make it. Michael Cole and them, Michael Cole, Nim, whichever one, doesn't matter. I'm from the South. Leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but the point I was making is that, you know, Jay Uso beating AJ Styles is a, is a big deal. You know, it, they don't they don't have to make it too big of a deal. He wasn't the current champion, but he was a former champion. He, you know, those AJ Styles don't lose often, especially the people like uh, Jay Uso who for – a, a big part of his career probably was just looked at as we all know in this storyline as a tag team wrestler, but it's great to see. It was great to see that. Welcome back Carmella. Nice to see Carmella. We, I think we all knew that's who that, uh, who it was in the mirror and the, the nice lipstick and stuff that they have going on. She's now, I think, uh, untouchable. I think it is or something like that. I don't know. Something close, close to that. Anyway, uh, it was nice to see that she's back. Sasha and Bailey, uh, in a pro, in a promo from Sasha Banks, uh, they're going to be going at it next week for the gold. So uh, on the draft show, we will be getting Sasha Banks versus Bailey, and I I do want to say that I'm I really I'm really surprised by that. But if they separate them in the draft, which I'm assuming that's what's going to happen. Uh, you know, that'd be a great way to just do the blow off match. But honestly, I just don't think they should. I really think that they uh, they don't have to put this off. But man, Sasha Banks versus Bailey should be at WrestleMania, man, right? Uh, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, Kevin Owens uh, had Alexa Bliss on the KO show where he tried to get her to talk about her recent transformation after being taken by the Fiend. You know, she said, you know, her brain's been washed and the fiend is everywhere. And she told Kevin Owens to let him in. And, uh, you know, the lights went out, of course, the fiend. And he had Owens in the claw. So I'm all, I'm down. 100% down. Don't even need to tell you much more. 100% down. Uh, for not only the relationship between the fiend and Bliss and Bliss's new character, but also Kevin Owens versus the, uh, the fiend slash Bray Wyatt. Uh, Sami Zayn, I do want to go back to his Intercontinental Championship 
victory because that's such an old school way to finish that match. You know, uh, and sweeping him, sweeping Jeff Hardy off the top rope, causing his face to hit the the uh, turnbuckle, the exposed metal or whatever. Just great, just great old school uh, heel work. And I love Sami Zayn as the Intercontinental Champion. Let's keep that going, WWE. Why don't you keep it going? Keep it going. Uh, so uh, let's get on to what else. Had. Let's get on to Raw and what happened on Raw. Uh, I kind of look at Raw and SmackDown kind of like this, like two sides of the same coin. So I'm not gonna do my transition sign. Uh, let's see. What did I write down? Not not what anyone else thought. Okay. So, uh, Ali and Retribution. Let's just get that out the way right now. That is, uh, that is probably by far the most compelling moment of the night of Monday Night Raw where Mustafa Ali, uh, basically, uh, what he challenged MVP after I think they had already beat Mustafa's Ali friends, Ricochet and Apollo Crews. Excuse me. Uh, but yeah, uh, so... They they had already won a match, so Ali challenges MVP to a match later. Uh, so they go out there, they fight for a while, but then Retribution attacks, and it looked like the Hurt Business was and Ali were going to work together. But you know he jumps out the ring, and for the Hurt Business thinks Ali is going to attack Retribution, like he's just attacking him straight on. And no, he turns around, he sicks Retribution on the Hurt Business, and they stand in the ring. Uh, they do his pose, and then it just immediately makes all the sense in the world that Ali is the guy. And I, people have been talking about it on Twitter. I saw the threads. Retribution makes a lot of sense with Ali as the lead man because everyone who is a member, Mia Yim or Reckoning, I think. Uh, I can't think of Mercedes' name. Uh, it's something else with an R. I just don't know what it is. Retaliation maybe or something like that? I don't know. I could be completely wrong. And I'm sorry if I butchered it. But anyway, Mercedes, she has reason, you know, uh, after being looked over for years and, you know, being in the same thing with Mia Yim, both of them being looked over and ignored by WWE for years, even though they've been doing this for a long time and they've been two of the best in the world for a long time. And we all know how Ali was robbed of his uh, his situa- his title match and not even the situation with Kobe, but I mean, not, not Kobe, God, Lee, rest in peace, Kobe, by the way, <laughs> not even the situation with Kofi, but uh uh, you know, he's lost other opportunities, and they've obviously mistreated him booking-wise. We see You can look at plenty of Twitter posts about how bad uh, or how much any other company would be able to do with Ali. So, uh, you know, Dajakovic, and I saw somebody linking his beef with, like, how Keith Lee kind of ignored him and, you know, forgot about him after, you know, he took that beating for him, and he kind of lost the cross and just moved on like nothing happened. That's a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's not all of why Dajakovic is mad, but, you know, uh, he didn't get the title reigns. Like, he has a lot of things, I think, uh, that I saw in this Twitter thread that makes a lot of sense for why he would be in retribution. Same thing with D.O. Madden uh, or Mace, who, uh, you know, remember Brock Lesnar, F5 through that table, he, and he gets replaced the next week. Nothing else happened. They don't even care. You know, really about that anymore. It was just a bump he took. He was there for a few weeks. Bye. You know what I mean? That's kind of how. It, that's kind of what happened. And uh, and Shane Thorne, same thing with him. He had a, a storyline going. If you want to even take it to NXT, they dropped him. Kind of. You know, I'm not saying they gave up on him, but you know, uh, they gave him to Raw. They gave him to Raw, and then Raw gave him back. Kind of. So you know, it, you know, uh, and Vink and and then uh, you know. Think which one is he? Slapjack, yeah, Slapjack. I think Slapjack has beef with uh, MVP, if you remember, because the MVP was supposed to be, you know, before the hurt business even existed, it's supposed to be Vink and Thorn, and it was, and you know, so 
Uh, anyway, I I spent too long on that that I wanted to, but that's obviously like I said the biggest point in the show. Uh, Raw on, on Raw. Uh, sorry, Randy and Drew McIntyre also in a Hell in a Cell. So uh, just like Jay Uso and Roman Reigns, they will be in a cell at the pay per view Hell in a Cell. So you know, take that uh, with what you will, however you're going to feel about that. Do what you want with that. Uh, the new weekly tradition of Lana getting pinned continued. And you know, for the third time, she got put by, put through to it, put through a table. So, uh, Nia Jax doing what she's been doing. Uh, Shayna Baszler, uh, uh, you know, I I don't know if Shayna helped her this time, but I'm pretty sure it was some type of association or whatever. I'm pretty sure they helped each other in some way, shape, or form. Uh, let's see, let's see. Oh yeah, in that match, Mandy Rose and uh, got the win by knocking out and pinning. Guess who? Lana. Oh, well, uh, R-Truth loses his belt, gets it back, you know, Kevin Owens caught out Bray Wyatt, I really enjoyed it, it was a great promo by both men, and, uh, and, uh, you know, apparently this SmackDown, I think, is gonna be the Fiend and Kevin Owens, uh, Bray Wyatt and Kevin Owens in some, some way, shape, or form, or maybe it's just gonna be a draft situation, who knows, either way it goes, I'm here for it, I will be checking it out, but obviously Kevin Owens' business with Alistair Black is not done. Keith Lee and Braun Strowman was promoted, and I knew from the beginning what was going to happen. So you, you guys can just guess how that match finishes because it was no goddamn way either one of them was beating any of, either of the other. Uh, and oh yeah, I just want to say one thing about the Ride Squad versus Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Although the Ride Squad had no choice, oh my goodness, did they? Do their best. They they made not they made especially Shayna. They made and Shayna don't need help because she looks like she's beating the hell out of like beating the hell out of this, these poor girls constantly whenever she fights. But uh, I really love the selling, especially of Ruby Riot because she took a lot of the heat. Uh, you know, but and you know at the end she gets choked out and it it was just great. And I love the um, the emotion of uh, Liv Morgan trying to pull her off after the bell and just. It's just great. Shayna Baszler is great. You don't need me to tell you that. That's the reason why all of us was hoping to see her on TV sooner. So, you know, I don't think I need to tell you any, tell you guys how great Shayna Baszler is. She just is. Uh, also, uh, I think they had another uh, vignette for Bianca Belair. Stop wasting our time, guys. No, no offense about this about the thing. It was great, but let's just be honest. We want to see Bianca. We want her on our TV screen. That's just as simple as that. So get her out there in the ring, get her somewhere. We that's what we want. So uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, what do I want to start with? Well, I already kind of started with the first match of NXT. Uh, so let's get that out of the way. Uh, let's go back into NXT. So cool. All right. So uh, I have a few things that I'm going to run through from NXT uh, from. Wednesday and uh like I said I already kind of broke down because apparently Tommaso Ciampa and Kushida got into a backstage so that's why that match was happening but uh you know Velveteen Dream the way he's being booked uh you know running away and you know like I said I can't I can't say that it wasn't entertaining but I will say that I will say this. It seems like there are there are you can't tell me that you don't think Velveteen Dream is done wrong, and then when he returns, you do him like that. I'm not saying that I'm not. I'm sure ain't trying to victimize Velveteen Dream. He's the last person I'm trying to act like is a victim in this situation. But I'm just saying 
that uh, you know, I I don't agree with you know them saying that he did nothing wrong, and then your booking of him is obviously in retaliation to not only what people will think of him, but in my opinion, you have to at least somewhat agree, right? If that if you if he's not winning anything and he's not he's damn sure not the Velveteen Dream he was uh, when we thought. I mean, when people thought he was going to be one of the biggest stars in the like in the company, like he had a bright future. I think we all, and that's funny because we always worried about the main roster. And he may never make it there, and even if he does make it there, the perception is always going to have this, uh, you know, um, beside it. But anyway, enough about that. Uh, Ember Moon uh, comes out. She gives a great, passionate promo about her time off. It was like, again, it was great to see her. That gets broken up. Rhea Ripley uh, comes out after Dakota Kai. Oh, no. No, no, no. I think Rhea Ripley comes out. No, because EO should rise in the ring. See, I'm, I'm telling this wrong. So, EO comes out as, uh, you know, Ember Moon is, you know, basically proclaiming that she's going to win the title, that she wants the belt. EO comes out. You know, they they stare down. They have a little talk a little bit. Not, But they don't. Do much long. I don't even know if they even got a chance to talk now that I think back on it. Don't do much long before Rhea Ripley's out there and Rhea Ripley's attack. Uh, Ember Moon, you know, goes to save her, being the, the baby face that she is. And, well, that's going to be our main event later because WWE just loves whenever four people are brawling. We're going to make that a tag team match later on tonight. You know, classic stuff. Classic stuff. Uh, anyway, uh, Drake and Killian Dane against Elvarez. Loved it. I have to admit, I didn't know where they were going with this, but if they're going to be that type of oddball, you know, tag team situation where, you know, one guy really don't like the other little annoying guy, but for some reason Drake just will never listen or understand what Killian is saying about hating him. Uh, it's cool. I love the dynamic. It's funny. It's, it's very it's very entertaining, especially that terrible music they gave him while Drake uh, was very excited about it and was dancing uh, it was it was a, a hilarious dance. Uh, yeah, I, I I really like uh, what they're doing right now. And also, I I definitely uh you know ever rise you know the flashes I've seen from them have always been pretty cool. And also uh you know him calling Killian Dane a fat bozo. I just want to tell you, uh, one of the guys from ever rise who called him that. I just want you got want you to know, it wasn't smart because literally everything about Killian Dane is. You know, so at least it, I, I can at least clarify that the guy don't watch the show. Because the last few weeks, the last thing you want to do is piss Killian Dane off. Because the matter he gets, the harder to stop he is. So, uh, the harder it is to stop him. But anyway, Austin Theory, uh, you know, you know, you guys know how I feel about Austin Theory, a guy who had a great future, but also, you know, I'm gonna look at him sideways for the rest of his career. I just got to, I have to be honest about these things. You know, it's hard to get, you know, the age group and what's going on out of your mind. It's just, it's just really, I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, but, yeah, Austin Theory defeated Leon Ruff. And, by the way, there's a few the few minutes Leon Ruff was in there, he looked pretty good. I understand why they signed him. You know, not saying I didn't understand it at first, but I think I remember talking about Leon Ruff and only talking about his selling and some of the things he would do. But it's not just selling. He has some decent, you know, remo- reversals. He's a very good athlete from some of the things I've seen him be able to do in that match, even though it was a short match. It was pretty good. It was really, really, really good. Uh, but for some reason, Austin Theory just couldn't go backstage and give his promo. He just couldn't leave it alone. He couldn't leave well enough alone. And here comes 
Dexter Loomis. And they have a pretty competitive match that went a little bit longer than I thought. And the fact that, uh, you know, I actually thought Leon Ruff was going to beat Theory based on the fact that how many times he's been losing. I figured he was going to keep losing, but he, you know, he winning, but he finally win. But then right after that, they got to remind you, nope, 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 nope. Choke him out, Dexter. Choke him out. Choke him out. So uh, he's definitely, in my opinion, if I want to say Velton Dream being taught a lesson or he's obviously being affected by, I don't think they'll be booking him the same if it wasn't for those accusations. Same thing I really feel like about Austin Theory. I feel like Austin Theory, uh, you know, had a obviously a better trajectory before all of that stuff happened. And now, you know, he's not only back to NXT, he is, uh, you know, in NXT, back in NXT and now he's losing. <laughs> so, uh, even when he gets a win, he has to lose. Uh, the Rich Holland Danny Burch uh, match, I, I want to talk about uh, I just want to say this. The only thing I really have to say about this because, uh, you know, I don't. I really am. I really was interested in where the story, as far as Ridge Holland and, and Adam Cole went. I really wanted to know where that where they were heading with that. And uh, they kind of, you know, they had they gave the promo and all of that. But you know, honestly, you know, once Ridge Holland, you know, <laughs> tore up his leg, it was tough. It's just tough. It was tough to watch. Tough to think about it. I hope he's fine. We're gonna wish him the best. Well wishes. They put his leg in a, uh, a look like an air cast, but it was definitely a cast. So you just knew that it was it was rough. You can just watch the dive. I think it was uh, Orny Lorkin who landed on him, and yeah, it didn't look good. It didn't look good at all. So I'm just gonna wish Rich Holland the best, uh, uh, and hopefully this is short term. Hopefully this is short term. Uh, Zia Lee, uh, you know, uh, as a matter of fact, you know what, Zia Lee versus. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart, and I'm just gonna be honest with you. Shotzi came out first when uh, when Zia Lee's music hit. I was like, oh man, the losing streak continues. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Uh, but I don't think she's uh, like just so far out of the picture or anything like that. That she's nothing though, that she's that does anything that you have to worry about to over to an extent. I think they obviously have a plan for it because Boa shows up, and uh, by the way, Zia Lee. One of the best strikers, you know, especially in that in the not only if you want to limit, limit it to the women's division, she's up there. If you want to take it in general, she's up there. That's just how good her strikes look, how crisp you can just tell she's well trained in that retrospect. And uh I you know, I just like everything about Zia Lee. So the fact that they're giving her this focus and now maybe her and Boy will be doing something together and all that. And I know this segment was really mostly about Shazi Blackheart and I'm focusing on Zia Lee. But, I, you know, I just want to give her a little bit of the thought process. Because that seemed like where the story was going. Because even though Shotzi Blackheart was kind of like the star of the match, it was a quick match, and she, you know, she won. It was her moment. Uh, also, you have to take into account that, uh, you know, Zia Lee uh, is the one who, like I said, has a continuation of an active thing going on. We don't know what's going on. We didn't, you know, she didn't act. She didn't have a temper tantrum this time, but she obviously – it was something written on that piece of paper. So something is going on, and I can't wait to see what's next. And last but not least, the baby faces prevail over Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez in a, a pretty good match, but also predictable. I love, I will say this, I love the way that match was put together. I love the fact that Rhea Ripley kind of took the heat, let, you know, Ember Moon come in, you know, do the hot tag. You know, that seemed like that's a place really made for Rhea Ripley. But... Ember Moon was returning. She needed that spot. And oh my God, do I love the Eclipse. 
The Eclipse is one of the best finishing moves of all time. I know it's just a flying stunner, but, I mean, come on. Think about it. It's a Stone Cold stunner minus the kick, but off the top rope. Plus, the t- yeah, come on now. All right, come on. It's dope. It's really dope. But anyway, uh, on to AEW Dynamite. Kaboom. All right. Uh, so, I just want to go ahead and start off by saying big dudes ain't supposed to do a Will Hobbs and Brian Cage. Yeah, I'm a big guy. I've always been big uh, my whole life. Never, I was a big kid, just bigger than, most, than the other kids. And I'm not talking about, like, just height. Like, I was, you know, wider, you know, fat, whatever you want to say. Doesn't matter. Either way it goes, I know that we ain't supposed to be doing moonsaults. You know, gravity, it's just gravity works against us. <laughs> it works against us in these situations. Apparently not against Will Hobbs. I need to stop speaking for everybody. Not against Will Hobbs and Brian Cage. I need to stop speaking for big guys. And I know that they may not be big in the way I'm big. But, you know, we all got some size on us. And dudes that size... Trust me, man. I, I I was worried, man. Sometimes I was like, Brian Cage, look at his leg. Like, he's going to tear a knee up doing this shit. But you know what? I have to give him props. That was really, really good. It started off, it was really a, it was a great Haas match. But uh, also mixed in with just great explosiveness and stuff like that. And let's just be honest. Will Hobbs is a star. He's going to be great. I, I Really, they're going to drop, they drop the ball or something personally is going to happen. Something else happened, uh, something outside of wrestling is going to have to happen to ruin Will Hobbs being a star. He just ha- he has what you need. He has everything you need. He has it, in my opinion, already. Now, even though I, don't, I haven't heard him talk much yet, I will say that, so maybe not completely everything, but as far as the ring goes, there you go. Love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. FTR and Helico and Jack Evans. And throughout the night, they had a great uh, Jericho 30 uh, moments. It was very, very cool. Uh, I, I want to make sure I, you know, tell you it was nice to see Tanahashi on an uh, on an AEW pro, uh, broadcast. I know a lot of people was latching on to stuff like that and the countless Japan references that were made. And you know, we all know a lot of people really want that working relationship, and I understand that sentiment. Uh, but uh, anyway, FTR and Jack Evans. I mean, FTR and Jack Evans and Helico or TH two, right? Yeah. So FTR and TH2 had a very, very good match. I really enjoyed it. You know, and uh yeah, it, it was just yeah. It, 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 other than like that Phoenix splash, I think Jack Evans tried, where you know, he, I think they always had a great excuse. They had the good a good excuse at that moment that his leg was being worked on earlier, so he didn't have no business up there. Uh but yeah, man, it it, it was cool. It was really, really cool. I liked it, and you know. Uh, the match, like I said, probably wasn't perfect, but it wasn't bad either. It was good. It was really good. Uh, the, uh, right after the match, the Bucks kicked the cameraman and then, you know, said they were going to pay, but walked off. And, you know, I've been seeing a lot of people talk about that they think the Bucks are corny. And, you know, it is what it is, unpopular opinions or whatever you think. And I'm not saying they aren't corny because that's your opinion. I don't know. I, it depends on what you consider corny. Maybe they are. But uh, as far as what they're doing on television, they're obviously uh, – you know, they're not coming straight out and doing it, but it's obviously a heel turn. They're, they're attacking management. They're attacking the AEW employees. They're not, you know, you know, wrestling at the moment. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what's actually next for them, you know. But they have been whining for a while, you know, about this. So I, I do say that since they are, they have been whining, maybe they'll get people to actually boo them and start to hate them. You know, who knows? I, and that's crazy because the way the Young Bucks wrestle and their style, I 
you know, I didn't, I thought they could only be like cool heels, you know. Maybe they can actually get some legit heat. Who knows? But they still could end up pulling off and being cool heels. Well, it really doesn't matter. But I think uh, AEW does do a good job of, even if you are supposed to be aligned in a certain way or whatever the situation may be, that you can still be yourself. So, uh, you know, I, I will give them that. And by far, in my opinion, the match of the night, Cody versus Brody Lee, I mean, and yeah, Cody versus Brody Lee in a dog collar match. And this is another one. I'm not going to say uh, match of the year like Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor. Maybe if you want to. But this is another great match. Another great TNT title match. Uh, I do have to say that. Cody prevails uh, with the crossroads. Like the second or third one. He wrapped like the chain around his neck and face and did the crossroads. It, it was a brutal match. They were very creative with the with the, with the dog strap and chain and tugging on necks, they're, they're they're much. Oh man, what a what a great match by those professionals. And I I just I really like it. I really liked it, and it was just great. It was great. It was it was great. Um, I'm not gonna. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what anything else I can say about it. Cody's back. Cody's your champion. I saw a lot of people. I saw some people who didn't agree with him beating Brody, and that's true. I understand that Brody was on a run, and he may have could have benefited from it. But I also like the little sentiment of Cody, you know, not only defending it against Orange Cassidy next week on the anniversary show, but it just having the TNT title on their anniversary show on TNT. It's just great. Just have, let Cody have it. So I'm not mad at that, honestly. And, you know, you know, people have people have a, or have a right to their opinion. Uh, Big Swole versus Serena Deeb. Uh, by the way, Serena D looked look good in, in in the moments in this match. I really liked it. They were pretty physical too. By the way, uh, both both ladies in this match. Uh, but you know, Swole, you know, finished her not too long. I think it was like it was about eight to ten. But it was really a war. It was really really good. You know. Uh, but uh, yeah, Serena Serena D it can be a great uh, addition to this uh division and. She can like she can definitely take over the role, maybe coaching people, but also still being a performer. You know, she and maybe she's already coaching people. Who knows? It, I mean, they can really build this division around people like Swole, Serena. You know, obviously Britt Baker and Nala Rose. You know, uh, Sheeta, who's obviously the champion. We haven't seen Sheeta in three weeks. AW really have to do better. I, I and it's when they get that women's division together, and that's another. Thing. I don't see that flawed enough. I don't see that people talking about that flaw enough. But at the same time, I don't want to be too crazy. I consider New Japan the best wrestling in the world. And they haven't had uh, other than like a, the pre-show matches that I don't even know of. That I think if you're in the dome, maybe you get to see it. I don't even know if they record those. I think they have uh, like one time out the year women get a chance to wrestle on the same cards to me. Or something like that. I don't know. I don't want to be wrong. If I'm wrong, let me know. Correct me uh, on Twitter or whatever it is. But anyway, besides that, uh, once they build that women's division up, uh, I I expect better and more from them. Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. So uh, let's just go ahead. Uh, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager versus Chaos. Uh, was it Chaos Project? I think it's Chaos Project, right? What is it? Chaos. Okay, they just uh, where the one I'm using is just Luke, Doctor Luther and uh, uh, Serpentico. So I'm just gonna go with that right now. But either way, it go. It was great to see. By the way, uh, you know Paul Stanley, some of these great legends, uh, Lance Storm, and uh, you know, just uh, 
Jimmy Chavo was there. It was everyone, everyone you can think of almost. You know, a lot of people was giving love to Chris Jericho about 30 years being a wrestler, uh, you know, wrestling. Uh, this match, you know, to be honest, uh, it was definitely just a – it was definitely – I have to give Chris Jericho some props. They, they really tried – you know, as much as this match was supposed to be a celebration of Jericho and he won, the entire match was all about Luther. The whole the entire match was trying to get Luther, not necessarily over or whatever. It was still about drawing attention to Luther. You can see it. Jericho's a mad genius. I love it. His stuff with MJF. Just just think about everyone that Jericho has been involved with and how he's just automatically elevated them with just being associated with him. He's fulfilled that role masterfully. Uh, and he congrats to thirty years, man. Congrats to thirty years. I love the uh, the outro with Jericho controlling everything. Who knew he could work so many cameras and wrestle? Oh man, what a great what a great show! AEW was the best show of the week in my opinion uh, by comparison, other than Takeover, of course. If you want to throw that in there, but uh, I was I was talking about especially on Wednesday night. But that's my opinion. Uh, hit me up on Twitter with yours. Send us emails at mindamonty uh, at gmail.com. Uh, and, you know, follow at mindamontypod. You know, hit me up on there. But I will want, I do want to get into my last section of the show. We do not have any rumors. Uh, but I want to catch back up with the G1. So... Just to give everyone a rundown of what's going on uh, in the points and records total, Kota Ibushi has eight points. We have right now in A block. Let's just start off with let me let me do what I want to do instead of I was about to go. I started too early. That's why I said Kota's name, but I'll, I'll you'll understand in a second. Uh, we have a one, two, three, four. So I have I have made my own bracket, so I'm keeping up with this on my own. But at the moment, we have. A four-way tie in A block for the lead at eight points as they're all a four and two at this moment. That's Kota Ibushi, Kazuchika Okada, Will Ospreay, and Jay White. So they are all leading the A block right now. So it's just it's very, very tight. The people who are still in striking distance are like Minoru Suzuki at six points at three and three. Tai Chi, the same point total, and Ishii. Tomohiro Ishii, who's, uh, you know, he's been on a nice little streak as of late. Uh, so, and Yujiro, poor Yujiro, 0-6 at the bottom of A block. And uh, Shingo Takagi now at six points. Uh, also, by the way, I just wanted to say that. And Jeff Cobb is still at four. Uh, I did not change Shingo's point total, even though I changed his record. So, I need to go, need to go ahead and correct that at the moment while I'm thinking about it. Cool. B block. All right, let's start with the ties at, you know, let's start with the leader, Tetsuya Naito, who's 5-1, 10 points, looking like a champion, double champion, dominating. He's having great matches also with everyone, lengthy matches too, just the way we like them if you are, are into uh, New Japan. Uh, Evil has now taken second place in B Block. He's caught up, you know, he's 4-2. and two. Uh, you know, Yano and Naito are his losses, so he would lose a tiebreaker with Naito, so he's going to need some help to catch up with Naito, and, you know, he's going to have to finish with a better record than him to uh, beat him out in the block. And even then, maybe they'll meet in the block finals. Who knows? But right now, those two guys are your leaders. Zack Sabre Jr., Sonata, who's on a winning streak, uh, Juice Robinson and Hiroki Goto and Toru Yano are now all at six points at three and three. 
Uh, Kenta is uh, also now, uh, Kenta has four points at two and four, I believe now. And uh, let's see. And the lowest total in the block is Yoshihashi uh, at one and five. Even though he's fighting with the new spear, he still can't bring home these victories. Tetsuya Naito, so petty. Bringing up how long this, the fact that they've trained together and he's been fighting him for twenty years and you know, we and Yoshihashi's catchphrase is everything can change in an instant and Tetsuya Naito said well it's been twenty years and nothing's changed that was fucking fire <laughs> and petty at the same time oh my god but anyway uh thank you guys for listening to the Mind of Monty podcast uh I'm gonna do my last. Little segue noise just because I want to. So, yeah. <sighs> Thanks again for listening to the Mind of Monty podcast. I really do appreciate you guys for listening, especially my uh, first solo sh- podcast in a while. It's been a, wa- it's been a long time since I had to cover the air, set the scene, and, you know, explain. I hope this was still as entertaining. I'm not going to act like I, w- I was able to get a lot of my jokes and comments off uh but either way it goes i'm so happy that i was still able to bring this to you guys you guys don't understand that uh you know how tough it is and like i said how how good this is for my mental health uh in these current situations like i said take care of yourselves out there take care of your loved ones take care of your mental health please take a break out there i understand in this world we live in you think you need to get the money now you think you need to work and do this now you think you're running out of time but honestly if you don't take time out for yourself and for your own health uh that is only going to be detrimental ah, man that was terrible detrimental to you in the long run uh anyway thank you guys for listening uh to the mind of monty podcast i'm bowing out i'm gonna leave you guys with my favorite word Shout out to Tetsuya Naito. Shout out to all my wrestling fans out there listening to this. Shout out to all my personal friends, anybody who support me, even the people who don't know what the hell I'm talking about when I get on this show, especially when I start talking about New Japan. Thank y'all. Even if you skip through this and just give me a play, whatever it is, share it with your friend. Tell your uh, your little cousins and them if they like wrestling. You know what I mean? Check me out. If not, you know, whatever. doesn't matter. I'm still going to do it. I love doing this. I love podcasting. So, anyway... I just rambled for another two minutes. I think I'm way better at at this, you know, just talking than I know. Ah, man. Don't you just wish people would shut up? Adios.